you have your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And uh, you know the young people, all the students are headed off to uh, the retreat this weekend. What, 142 or so are going and and they'll be away for Friday night, all day Saturday and half a day Sunday. And usually they kind of start their retreat on the Wednesday before. And so I want to speak to everybody, but particularly I want to just kind of focus on the young people for a little while and speak into their hearts and their lives. But I think that this can... This message can really help anybody. I encourage you to take out a piece of paper. You might, might want to take some notes right in the leaf of your Bible. But uh, we started school. Well, most everybody started school back on Tuesday, correct? And it's going good. You're excited. My little five-year-old eating breakfast Tuesday morning. Dad, how much longer till summer? And so that's what I have to look forward to. Every day, it's like, it's like getting the $6 million man out of bed before he was a $6 million man. It's just like just pushing him along. But... But he's going to make it, and, and he's only, I told him, you only got 13 more years of this, and then, you're, then you can do whatever you want to do. And so, and so, you know, that's good. So here we go, 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, verse 1 through 11. And, and I, let me, before I even say this, there, there's school for some of you, and I got, a, I got a, also a junior in high school, and so she's, you know, she's texting me in class, well, you're not supposed to do that. So she didn't text me in class, she texted me after class. And said, you know, this is boring and I don't like it. And, and, you know, so I don't know where you are. Some of you might like it, love it. Some of you might just put up with it. Some of you might endure it. But I don't, I don't want you to see this year as just an endurance race. I want you to see it as an opportunity. An opportunity to let your light shine for Jesus. An opportunity to make a difference for the glory of God. An opportunity to, to have influence and and, 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 and bring people along maybe in their spiritual journey. You can see it as a, man, I just got to do this again. Our Lord, will you use me this year in a powerful way? And you do have an opportunity. And there was a guy, familiar story, that, that also had an opportunity. His name was David. You, you know the story. Many of you do David and Goliath. But I want to maybe shed some new points on it or bring out some old points. But he had the opportunity in the form of a giant. Let's read it and then we'll break it down. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between uh, this place in Judah and Azekai at this place. And Saul countered, so you got the Philistines and you got the Israelites. Philistines, bad guys, Israelites, good guys. Saul's the king of Israel. So the Philistines muster up, they get together, they, they want to uh, declare war on Israel. and They've been fighting for a long time. And so Saul counters by gathering all his troops. And so the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hill, hills. And there was a valley between them. So I'll, I'll just again, get this picture. One in the balcony, one on the stage, this big valley between them. These vast armies on both sides, multiple thousands of soldiers, and, 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 they're, and they're squaring off for battle. And, and Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to the forces of Israel. So he stepped out amongst them. He came into the valley, got close enough for them, them to hear him. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of, uh, of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. So, so it, wasn't a stick, it wasn't a stick with a, with a spear on the end of it. It was, I mean, this means this is a strong, big dude. You know that. And he goes, the shaft of his spear was as heavy and as thick as a weaver's beam. I'm not sure how heavy that is, but I'm sure it's heavy. And it tipped with an iron spear. The spearhead weighed 15 pounds. So you just get the, 
you get the idea, nine feet tall, tall two feet taller than Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, heavy equipment, just a man, big, biggest guy you've ever seen. And his armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. The shield was so big he couldn't carry it himself. Another guy carried it for him. And, and Goliath stood and shouted and taunted the Israelites. Why, are you, why aren't you coming out to fight, he called. I'm a Philistine champion, but you are, uh, you are only the servants of Saul. So he's mocking them, making fun of them. Just, here, let's just do this. We don't want everybody to die. So just choose one man to come down here and fight me. And if he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the art. I, I mock, I make fun of, I make light of the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. Big, burly, strapping man in the valley. Israel, Philistines, mocking them, making fun of them. Come down here and fight me. And when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. So, so what would happen is these, these war, these, these camps, these groups of people would square off. And they would kind of, I want you to kind of think of as a football team coming out the locker room. The Israelites would get all pumped up. I mean, Saul would rally them. We can take these, this people. We've done it before. God's on our side. We're going to do this. Let's go. Right. You know, you remember breakdown. Anybody play football? Does anybody remember that? Do they still do that? No? Okay, that's for another day. But we used to do like breakdown and we go, rah, breakdown, rah. <laughs> Erase that from the tape. It was just getting off. It was just getting off, fired up, pumped up, ready to get it. And they would get out to warm up for the fight, and they'd see the army, and Goliath would come back, and he'd taunt, and he'd flex, and he'd yell, and they'd tuck their tails and run back in the locker room. And, and, and here, here comes, in the meantime, back on the farm, David, this rooty little ten, teenager, is tending sheep. It, not, a, not a very good job, not a... Not really a boring job, a tedious job, a hard job, a lonely job. But it, and, and here, here, here's the first point I want to make. Giant killers, because I'm talking about giant killers. Giant killers are people that make a difference. They don't start out giant killers. David wasn't born a giant killer. David developed into a giant killer. Some of us want, we just want something to happen just like that. I, I'm telling you, the something is the process. The something is becoming into a giant killer. David had, he was in, on the backside of a pasture tending a bunch of sheep, and while they were grazing, he was on a rock writing in his journal, sharing his thoughts and his ideas and his hearts with God. When these sheep were wandering, he, he had a harp, that's the instrument he played, and he would play it unto the Lord and, and make up songs out of his heart to God. And, and, and God was just molding him and shaping him and helping him. And here's, here's the reality. David could have become very bitter, he could, man, I just got to suffer through these four years of high school. I just got to make it through these junior high years. I just got to make it as I tend these sheep. And he could have whined and complained, and he could have ruined and wasted a very important time of his life. David didn't see it like that. David saw it as the maturation process. He saw it as an opportunity to grow closer to God. And so he took full advantage of it. And, and, and then this first point, just kind of the application is, if you're old or, or young, what do you see your place right now? Are you just buying time? Are you just, are you just waiting for the next big thing? Are you waiting for the next opportunity? Are you trying to, my mom always said, or somebody said, bloom where you're planted. Are you taking advantage of the situation and the place you're in right now where you can get closer to God, where you can grow deeper in love with him, can, where you can become more developed and, 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 and be more like him? David said, 
I'm not born. I'm not even looking to kill giants. All I want to do is just fall in love with Jesus. I just want to be available. I want to be open. If it's hurting a bunch of sheep the rest of my life, if that's what faithfulness means to you, God, for me, I'll do it with joy. And I'll do it with, with praise and adoration. Because giant killers don't start off giant killers. David's out there tending the sheep, minding, you know, just tending what, what they do. And, and, and his daddy asks him, hey, 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 David, will you take some food to your brothers? They're, they're, they're out to battle. They're, they're part of that Israelite army. And so David gathers the food together, and he, and he gets there, and he, and he heads off to, to, to see his brothers. And when he gets out there, it's the 40th day of this giant Goliath coming out to face the Israelites. So for 40 days, this, this giant has come out and said, hey, just send one man, I'll whoop all y'all. And they go tuck their tail and, and run. And David comes on this scene, and he sees this, and he starts asking questions. Who is this guy? Uh, wh what's he doing? Why isn't anybody willing to fight him? What, here's a good question. This is what he asked. What do you get if you beat him? What is King Saul going to do for the one that cuts off his head and feeds him to the birds? What's going to happen? And, and here's, what, here's what they said. The king's going to make you rich. Whoever kills Goliath, you'll never worry about money the rest of your life. You're going to be rich. You're going to be all right. The, you'll get to marry the king's daughter, which, again, it meant, it meant power. It meant authority. It meant position. It meant pretty much everything a young man probably was, was dreaming of, and no taxes for the rest of your life. That, that's, the, that's what, that, I mean, that, that's not even a joke. That's in the Bible. That's what the reward was for killing Goliath. And here's what I, I want you to know about giant killers. Giant killers see the potential rewards if they defeat the giant. They, they, let that sink in a minute. Write, write that down. There are rewards for serving God. Some of you, I don't want to serve God. It's not popular. It's not cool. If you're going to be a giant killer, you see the potential rewards, the things that God is going to do in your life. Listen, if you serve God, you don't have to live with the consequences of poor decision and guilt as a result of sin. It's just, this sin is hard. The wages of sin is death. It causes difficulties and challenges. And when, when young people, old people, when you, see, when you see the big picture, life with Jesus is better. It's not easier, it's better. And when you, when you have this idea of the potential reward that, that you get to go to heaven when you die and stay out of hell, that you don't have to worry about catching some disease be, because of sexual sin, you don't have to worry about getting drunk and wrapping your car around a tree and, and, and dealing with some kind of handicap the rest of your life. You don't have to constantly look over your shoulder wondering who's going to find out because a man of integrity walks securely, he does the right thing, he honors the Lord. When, when, you, when you understand the potential reward, that you have a friend that will stick closer than a brother, that you have a God that says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, you get the, you get the confidence that he's going to work all things for your good because you love him and you're called according to his purpose. You get the joy of knowing the king of the universe is on your side. You get the knowledge of knowing that you are fully accepted and unconditionally loved. When you walk with Jesus, life is better. It's better. And if you don't believe me, bring up people and let them stand if they had the courage or if they were willing to tell you the hardships and the, and the challenges that sin brings in your life. They're just outright rebellion. Oh, I want to be cool, too cool for school. I'm going to do my own thing, live my own way. It, it just breeds, it breeds destruction. It breeds, it breeds death. David said, what do I get for killing the king? And, and it, 
And I want you to, what do you get for serving Jesus? The Bible says, he who honors me, him will I also honor. I don't know who you want to, who you want to honor you, but more than anybody, I want Jesus to honor me. I want, I, want to be, I want to be faithful in the eyes of God. And so David says, I can take him. I can beat this giant. I've killed a bear. I've killed a lion. Surely I can be, defeat this big guy. And, and here, here, here again, when you start saying, I'm going to live for God, I'm going to allow God to use me, I'm going to be a giant killer, whatever that giant might be, I'm going to do something great for God, be prepared for critics. Be prepared for people to tell you it can't be done. It, the first one is his, bro, it, 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 uh, his brother, David's brother. David, what are you, why have you even come here, you little punk kid? Get back to tending them sheep. You have no business being out here. Quit asking those questions and quit talking like you can whoop some giant. Critics, right away. That brother had been running for his, tucking his tail and running back into the cave for 40 days. Uh, here, the next guy was Saul. Saul said, you're a rudy teenager. You're just a kid. You can't defeat this giant. What, what are you talking about? When David went before Goliath, God, Goliath said, am I some kind of dog that you'd send some little boy out here with some stick and a sling? Who, who does he even think he is? When you start living for God and trying to sell out to him, you're going to hear critics. When you want to make a difference for Jesus, it might become in the form of a peer. Why do you want to serve God? Or a teacher, there's no such thing as God. Or a naysayer. And I'm telling you, don't listen to, and here's a giant killer, this is what they do. Giant killers don't listen to doubting critics. They tune it out. They, they understand it's going to happen. And if God gives you a dream, here's what I say, dream big. If you got big dreams, it means you got a big God. And we do have a big God. You say, I want to I make a dish. Start a Bible club. Win people to Jesus. Whatever your dream is, do it for the glory of God and see if he won't, if he won't uh, work for you and work in you. Every person who has never killed a giant will tell you it's impossible. Every person that will tell you you can't live for God in today's culture, too much junk. You can't stay sexually pure. There's no way you're not going to have sex before marriage. It's a critic. It's a naysayer. It's, a, it's somebody that's never done it. I'm telling you by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, you can. God said you can. Don't listen to doubting critics. You, you look at those critics and say all things are possible to him who believes. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, help me. Here, thou, O Lord, art a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. If God be for me, who can be against me? You can, here, you can deter, easily determine the caliber of a person by the amount of opposition it takes to discourage him. The righteous fall seven times and get back up and keep going. David heard the critics, but he had confidence in his God. And he said, with God's help, I can do this. I, I, I can take him out. And again, he referenced when he had taken the lion and when he whooped the bear. And he said, I can rescue. I can deliver. I can do it with God's help. And the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines. And David won the confidence of Saul. And so Saul allowed David to fight Goliath. And so Saul puts all his armor on him. You, you know, puts his helmet on him, puts his gear on it, puts his shield on it, tries to make him look like Saul. Here's the next thing about giant killers. Giant killers don't try to be somebody else. David said, this is not working for me. Saul, it might work for you, but it doesn't work for me. This is what you got to know. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. 
Don't try to be somebody you're not. God created you just like you are. He has equipped you with everything you need to face the giants that are going to come your way. You are special in the eyes of God. Quit trying to please man. Quit trying to please your peers. I don't know all the keys to success, but I know the key to failure is trying to please everyone. You can't. Paul said, if I'm still trying to please man, then I'm not a servant of Jesus Christ. You know what we like to focus on? We like to focus on what we don't have. I'm encouraging to focus on what you do have. You remember, you remember what Moses, he was, God said, Moses, I want you to go deliver the children of Israel. No, 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 you don't, I stutter, I stutter, stutter. I can't talk in front of people. I, I, I killed, I, I, I'm wanted back there. I mean, he started giving off. I don't have anything to offer. God said, well, what, what do you have? I don't have anything. What's in your hand? It's a stick. Give me that stick. I'll use it. Any old stick will do if God's in it. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't take a, what about the two fish and the five loads? You know what, you know what was going on? There were over 5,000 people. There were 5,000 men, not including women and children. The, the people are getting hungry. They've been listening to Jesus all day. And the disciples start talking about them amongst themselves. Man, we're not being good hosts. We're not showing hospitality. These people are going to go home hungry. They're not going to come back tomorrow. <clears throat> we got to get them some food. But we don't have anything. There's no Martins. There's no Bojangles. There's no KFC. We, we don't have anything. Jesus said, well, what do you have? All we got is these five loaves and two fish. Well, give them to me. I'll break them and feed thousands. It, it, it doesn't matter. At the wedding, they, they ran out of wine. And Mary's mother is so concerned. Mary, Jesus' mother, Mary, so concerned, so upset. We don't have any more wine. Well, what do you have? We've got some water. Well, give me the water, and I'll turn it into wine. David said, I don't have a lot, but I got God on my side. And David found that any old sling will do if God's in it. Instead of telling God you don't have the right personality, or the right gifting, or the right talents. Offer to God what you do have and let him use it and let it bless him. God, David took off the stuff. You get anything out of this? David took off the stuff. Saw it's not for me. I can't fight like that. Got out his sling. The one he'd been practicing with. The one he chased off the wolf from getting his sheep. And he picked up five smooth stones in his pouch. And he headed down the, the mountain into the valley to face Goliath. And the question is, well, why did he take five sons. Somebody says because he thinks they had, Goliath had four brothers. I don't know. I think because he wasn't totally sure that he was going to kill him on the first one. So he had four backups just in case. Here's the next point. Giant killers don't give up. They don't, they don't quit. They're not perfectionists. They're persistent. They realize they're going to make some mistakes along the way, but they refuse to give up. You know, football season started. Great Great weekend of college football. NFL will start, I believe, this Thursday. My all-time favorite player in the NFL is Walter Payton. Some of you young people don't. Sweetness. Some of you don't even know who he is. You need to Google. Walt, not right now. But you need to Google Walter Payton. And you need to watch some of his runs. He was amazing. He rushed for over eight miles in his career. But he got knocked down every three and a half yards. He just kept getting back up. He wouldn't quit. You know, Christopher Columbus, everybody said, and it, it, I don't know how spiritual this is, but everybody said, you're going to fall off the end of the earth. You're never going to make it. He got in a boat, headed towards America, crew complaining, supplies running out. 
They, they found in his journal, every day he was on that boat, he just said, this day we sailed on. This day we sailed on. This day we, we sailed on. People, pe- this is what I know, perseverance is on the endangered quality list of Americans. We quit so easy. We give up. We, a lot of times right before our miracle. And Jesus says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. And Paul said in Galatians, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't faint. Giant killers don't quit. They don't surrender. They don't throw up the white, the, 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 the white flag. Their commitment is steadfast. Their eyes are fixed on Jesus. Their, their focus is on him. And they're, and they're committed to the cause regardless of the critics and regardless of the opposition. David had this passion and this purpose that he was going to see Goliath, that his giant was going to be destroyed. Giant killers are not only passionate, but they persevere. David meets this, this, this giant in the middle of this valley, toe-to-toe with this nine-foot man, javelin, 15 pounds. I mean, David was a lot like you and I. I mean, normal. It, I, they, when, when later on, when, when the prophet came to pick out a king, and, and it was in, it was in uh, Jesse, which is uh, David's dad's family, he didn't, even, he didn't even think of David. He went through his seven brothers, and Samuel said, oh, that's not him. Well, I did, do you have any more kids? Well, I got one more, but it's the runt of the litter. It's, it's, it's David. He's a sheep herder. I, if these aren't the ones, I know he's not the one. And, and, well, go get him. Let me see him. And sure enough, the Spirit of God is on him. So you got this guy that, that's not that much, and he's facing toe-to-toe with this giant, and he, and he raises his voice with confidence, and he bows his chest with assurance, and he says, you come against me with your sword and your spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it's not by a sword or spear that the Lord says, for the battle is the Lord's. Goliath, get ready to die. And he took that, that sling and he wrapped it around, slung it with everything he had, hit him in the forehead, knocked him out, stone, stone cold dead, right there in the middle of the valley. You know, most of you know the rest of the story. He takes out his sword, cuts off his head. The Philistines get so, so fearful this teenage boy has just whooped our, our hero. And they run in fear. Here's the, here, here, by, here, I don't know if it boggles my mind, but I think it's a great part of the story. The Israelites all of a sudden get infused with courage. They've been running. They've been going back into hiding for 40 days. David kills Goliath, and they go on the offensive. They get after it. They run after the Philistines and knock them out all through the country. Here's the last point. Giant killers inspire others. It only takes one. It only, it only takes one to cause others to, to, to get on board. If one young person, if one adult will prepare themselves by being faithful in the little things and getting to know God, if you'll recognize the potential benefits of serving God, if you'll refuse to listen to the you can't do it, if you're confident in who God has called you to be, and if you'll live out of your abilities and your giftings, if you're willing to keep trying and not give up, that's the person that will make a difference. 
That's the person that will influence that generation. That's the person that will honor God and experience the touch of God on his life and will inspire others to follow. Somebody told me a long time ago, catch on fire for God and keep people will come from miles to watch you burn. It's what I want for you. That I think you don't know it, but that's what you want for you. You, you want to inspire others. And young people, this generation is desperate for giant killers. We're desperate. And I'm asking you this morning, the first, I want to say the first day of the retreat, will you answer the call of God? Will you respond to his voice? Will you, like, the, like David so many years ago, this is what the book of Acts says, will you serve God's purposes in this generation? Will you be a young man or a young woman after God's heart and accomplish all that God wants you to? Paul told Timothy, don't despise your youth, but be an example in life, in love, in faith, in hope, and in purity. Amen, everybody? Amen. Bow your heads and your hearts with me, will you?